Om Gyanati Mirandhasya Gyanam Janashalakaya Chakshuram Militam Yena Tasmai Shivaradena Today I'm going to speak in reply to some questions by Murari Das Brahmachari. Shall I read them out of the diary? That would be that would be better. That would uh, be more convenient. Where are the questions? Oh, I see. They're just in note forms. All right, I'll try and fluff them out. Which language is this? Just, just for sitting, is it? Just for convenience of sitting, is it? Okay. Is that convenient, or do you want some any any lady can translate into Hindi? Also, I said to a lady, you have to speak a little loudly then. Mm. So, questions. In reading, in reading. Srila Prabhupada's books in which there are translations. In other words, Srila Prabhupada's translations of works of, of, of Shastra and works of previous Acharyas. That means specifically Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, Shri uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita, Shri Ishopanishad, Shri Upadesha Amrita, Narada Bhakti Sutra, part of that was translated by Prabhupada. The Nectar of Devotion is also a translation from previous Acharyas, but the specific question here is that in, Shila, in these books which I mentioned, apart from the Nectar of Devotion, there are uh, the shloka is given, or the verse we can say for Chaitanya Charitamrita, Paya, not more so, that's called, the Bengali verse. And then there is uh, transliteration into what is called Roman script, diacriticized Roman script. Then there is, each word is translated individually. Then there is the verse translation and then Srila Prabhupada. So the question is, should we read all of this? Well, if you don't read the Devanagari or Bengali script, you won't be able to read it. But should you read the verse? Also, uh, Srila Prabhupada, in his preface to the Srimad Bhagavan, Srimad Bhagavatam states that the the subject matter is so arranged that is, is so arranged with the original verse transliteration word for word meaning verse translation and purport that anyone who reads this by the end of the ninth canto they are sure to be a God realized soul so Therein he 
recommends reading everything. Mm. I can say what I personally did. I, in, the, uh, in the first time I read through Bhagavatam, I didn't read all the word. I don't think I ever read all the word-for-word word meanings, actually. Uh, but as I read more times, I read through quite a few times. Uh, I haven't systematically read through the Bhagavatam for some time, but I go to different sections now, more like that. Um, I often read the verse, and often I look at the word-for-word meaning also. So probably the first time, and it's quite a big job to read Prabhupada's books, so maybe the first time round you may like to read the English only. That's, I, I think it's an, indiv- an individual choice. Those uh, who have an Indian language, that means almost all of you here, as their mother tongue, with the exception of Tamil, Urdu, they... they by reading the verse, you can, you'll already know so many words, because those words are already in your language, because Indian languages, with the exception of Tamil, Urdu, I guess you can say English is an Indian language now also. Manipuri also, I believe, they're not much based on, there's not much Sanskrit in these languages. But in other languages, uh, you'll all, automatically you can pick up so much just by reading the verse. Just like, uh, well, let's say a famous verse. Dehino smin yata dehe. So you may not know what the Sanskrit, the specific meaning of dehino or dehe, but you know it's something connected with the body. And yata, well, it's not used commonly in modern Indian languages. But, but if you read this Sanskrit, then you, you'll find many of these... You'll, you'll, these words are... Words like yata, tata, yatra, tatra, atra, sarvatra. They, are, they come again and again. Sarvatra, that's not used in common language, but it can be used... Do you say in Telugu, sarvatra? No. All right. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway, these words they come quite commonly, so you'll you'll get to, just like yatra, tatra, and you have in Telugu what akra, and uh, then akra, ikra, so huh? So it's similar. It it means yatra means. Where, Tatra means there, Atra means here, Sarvatra means everywhere, Kutra means where, like that. So you can pick that up easily. And then, Dehina Srinyata Dehe, Komaram Yovanam Jaram. So all these words are there in all the Indian languages. Then what's the next line? Tata, Yata Tata. How do you say that? It must be in Telugu also. You have some version of that? Yeah, in all Indian. Jaise Taise. In Hindi it comes up like that. So, Yata Tata. 
just as so. It means like tata deha antara deha antara. Antara means different, or in this case it means to change. Dehantara prapti. One gets a different body. Prapti. You have that word? Must we have it in Telugu? There's a lot of Sanskrit in Telugu. Here in Sukhundrabad once, I think it was here or in Hyderabad, this uh, Bhakti Saurabh Narayan Maharaj, maybe some of you know him. I was discussing some matter with him once. This was years ago. And uh, he pulled out something from his notes. He has written so many notes. And he said, listen to this. This was about the subject we were discussing. He started reading in Telugu. He's written in Telugu. He knows about seven or eight, seven or eight languages. So he's reading in Telugu. And it started, I, I don't understand Telugu. I thought, why is he reading? He knows I don't understand Telugu. He said, no, no, you just listen. You can, you'll understand it. And I understood it, more or less, because it was Sanskritized. And I know Bengali, especially Sanskritized Bengali. And so I could follow it. I, actually, Prabhupada, I'm digressing a little bit here. But uh, before he came to the West, in his, I believe it was in early Back to Godhead, or one of his writings, he said that, that Sanskrit should be the state language of India. That was an issue when India achieved independence. What should be the state language? Sanskrit or Hindi? It came out as Hindi. Would have been better if it was Sanskrit. Then between Hindi they had to choose this uh, Kariboli or Rajbhasha. They chose Kariboli. All wrong decisions each time. Kariboli means like this Delhi Punjabi mixed language. So near uh, Prabhupada he said that this can, Sanskrit can be introduced, can be revived, not that it's dead. In the West, I grew up learning that Sanskrit was a dead language, completely bogus. There are still thousands of people in India who speak Sanskrit. But they make this propaganda. But anyway, it's not very widely spoken. So Prabhupada said that the way we can reintroduce Sanskrit by uh, teaching the vernacular languages, that means languages like Telugu, Bengali, Hindi, in the Sanskritized forms. So that instead of saying Akara, Ikara and all that, you could say Yatra, Tatra. And just like in Bengali, you or in Hindi, that you can understand better. They they may say kitab, which is a Urdu word, but you could say pustakam, pustak. Actually, in Hindi, it would be pustak, or Bengali boy. So you could say pustak, grantha. There are different words for book. So in this way. Uh, if everyone in every language used these words, even Tamil actually, there's plenty of Sanskrit in, in, in Tamil, but they just, they're pretending it's not. They, they try to edit it all out. So uh, in this way, it would be very easy for people to uh, learn Sanskrit is one thing. 
And uh, even if people went to other parts of India, they could quite easily understand each other. If they use all the same verbs, nouns, adjectives, and they're just a, just a, the, the, some points in the structure of the language are a little different. Anyway, I'm making the point. Tatade hantara prapti dhira dhira. Do you have that word in Telugu? No. Not used much. It should be there. There's no dhiras these days, that's why. Everyone's adhira. But it's quite a common name, at least in North India. Dhira. Adhira is also quite a common name. Both. Opposite meaning, but both names for Krishna. Dhiras tatra, which here means in that matter. Nahmuhiyati. Na is, in Telugu also you say na, something like that for negation? No. It's, in North Indian languages it's uh, in various forms. And muhiyati, that comes from moha. So it's, if you read the verse, at least Indian speaking people, they can very, uh, Indian language speaking people, they can very, especially Gita is, it's quite simple. Many of the words, many of the words are used again and again in Gita. Atma, Karma, Bhagavan, Shraddha, Dharma, Guna, these words come again and again in Bhagavad Gita. So even if you're not from an Indian language background, like myself, by reading the verses, you can pick up the meaning. Actually, Bhakti Charu Swami, I was just listening last week, I think it was, he once asked Prabhupada if he could learn Sanskrit, which for him would have been quite easy, because Bengali, which is his language background, is a lot of Sanskrit in it. And uh, he's also very intelligent, Bhakti Charaswan. And he could have picked it up very easily. But Prabhupada said to him, why do you want to waste your time? There's so much work to do in spreading Krishna consciousness. He said, there are so many Sanskrit pundits and they've got nothing to, nothing to offer. Earlier he wrote to Gopal Krishna Maharaj that encouraging him to learn Sanskrit. He said, for you it would be very easy because you know, because you have an Indian language background. So then anyway, uh, maybe one or two days later, Srila Prabhupada, he, uh, he was speaking on the, the twelfth canto of Bhagavatam and the, the symptoms of Kali Yoga. And he asked Bhakti Charu Maharaj to translate that, to, to read the verses from the Bhagavatam. At that time it wasn't translated, and ultimately Srila Prabhupada himself didn't personally translate that section. And then, uh, so Bhakti Charu Maharaj started reading, and Prabhupada said, give the meaning. And he gave the meaning. <laughs> and so Prabhupada said, so you can understand. Actually that section, it's... Uh, it's mostly, a, what is it, uh, how does that first verse of that chapter go? Kalena Balaraj, Kalena Balinaraj, Nangshat Ayo, 
what, how does the verse begin? It's a list, Atta, which means thereafter. And then there's a list of terms like Shocham, Dharma, Bala, Daya. So, it's the same words in any Indian language. And then Kalena Balena Rajan, O Raja, Shukadev Goswami speaking to Purikshit Maharaja. Kalena Balena, by the powerful influence of time. Nangshat Ayur, and then that, 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 Nangshat, that's not a common verb, but it means, it causes the decline of. Nangshat Ayur Balam Smriti, so causes decrease in Ayu, lifespan. Uh, I said it now, I forgot it now. Ayobala, bodily strength, smriti, smriti shakti, ability to remember. So, um, should we read the verses and uh, the, the words? Uh, first time through, maybe not. Maybe not the second time through. It's up to you. Again, it's up to you. But by reading, we'll find there's, we'll find more, more depth by doing so. Because the translations, uh, necessarily something is lost in translation. You, it's not possible to, convey everything that's in the original verse, even if the uh, one thing is the poetry of the of the verse, I mean it's very many of the verses are very beautiful of Bhagavatam and there are of course those who understand the language they, they'll find there are so many subtle nuances in the, in the verses so uh Actually, if you want to try to convey everything, then you have to have footnotes. This uh, Radhika Raman, who did his Prabhu, who did his degree, he did his PhD at Oxford University on a section of Paramatna Sandarbha. He told me, this. so I said, you must have had lots of footnotes. He said, yes, most of the book was footnotes. Because if you just translate it, the point is that there's so much packed into every statement that you can't, you can't just give one translation or to explain the translation. You see, in, in, in the comments of the Acharyas and in the original writings of Vyasadeva, it's, it's presumed that the reader already has so much background knowledge. As Krishna spoke to Arjuna, Bhagavad Gita, obviously Krishna, of course he knew Arjuna very intimately, but he presumed that Arjuna had much background knowledge, and actually Arjuna did. Otherwise, Krishna was speaking to him about Adibhuta, Adidaiva, Adiyagya, and of course Arjuna asked him then, what, what does this mean? But Krishna spoke those words, Presuming that Arjuna understood them, and Arjuna at least had some superficial understanding, then he asked Krishna to explain it more. So, 
uh, to explain those points to, to the new reader. It's a big topic. Actually, Srila Prabhupada hasn't done that elaborately in his commentary. To do so elaborately would require to, make, to write Bhagavad Gita as it is much bigger than it is. Several times bigger. All these, many of the terms of, well, Bhagavad Gita is Upanishad. It's, based, it's all based on the Upanishads. Or rather the Upanishads are based on Bhagavad Gita, but Bhagavad Gita chronologically, at the, from our present position in time, seems to have come later than the Upanishads. So, uh, yeah, by reading then you'll get so much more depth. And especially uh, in reading Bhagavad Gita, because it's quite a compact work compared to Srimad Bhagavatam, which is elaborate. By reading the verses and trying to understand the meanings, we can find the themes and how the different verses relate to each other. Because the same words are used again and again. Just like one word I'm going to discuss for one of the upcoming questions is the word karta, which means actor in the sense of performer of action. So this is, uh, this is a topic discussed in Bhagavad The word karta comes again and again. The word prakriti, kala, all these words. So we, we can see when these words, when we see their use in the different verses and then we can relate them to other verses. It's actually much easier to do that if we remember the verses. So, yeah, it's... Uh, for, for Definitely we're going to get more depth if we read the verses and then the word-for-word word, uh, meaning... It's often very interesting to see what me- meanings Srila Prabhupada gives. Often Srila Prabhupada's meanings seem to be not as it is. <laughs> How about that? It may seem like that. Just like Yagyartat Karamano Nyata, this verse. And Prabhupada translates Yagya as Vishnu. Many years ago in Malaysia, I was speaking to a lawyer who was a, what she considers herself to be a follower of Shankaracharya. Uh, and she told me that we should take a fine. I guess we should warn in advance. It's the only way to stop the cell phones going off is to of course, we, we said in English and Telugu. I think whose phone went off doesn't understand either of those languages. Cell phone, apka, mobile, band, kizye, jarasa. Switch off koro. Uh, yeah, so she said she was reading Prabhupada's Gita and she saw Yagya in this context translated as Vishnu and she thought. That doesn't seem right. It's just his bias. So she looked up what, how Shankaracharya had glossed this word. And Shankaracharya, he had translated Yagya as, any guesses? Vishnu. 
so then she was satisfied. Okay. But uh, many words can be translated in different ways. And even the same word, it's very important to... Un- to the word Atma, which maybe maybe the most used noun, the most common noun in Bhagavad Gita. Someone could check that. Uh, is used differently in different contexts. So it's very important to have it explained exactly what it means in each context. There's a story in the Upanishads about that, about how both Indra, the king of the Devas, Devaraj, and Virochana, I have a few questions, anyway, Virochana, the king of the Asuras, both approached Brahma for Atmagyan, to understand what is Atma. So Brahma told them that Atma means the body. Okay. So they went away. Virochana was very satisfied. He thought, oh, that's true. See, uh, the self is the body. So he was very satisfied. Indra came back and said, is that all it means? Is there anything more to be understood? He said, yes, I'll teach you. Anyway, Virochana went away, now I'll teach you. So according to, uh, it, it may be that according to one's eligibility, one understands it, this word in different ways. So, uh, yeah, it, you can go deeper and deeper. There's no limit. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, uh, Krishna Tulya Bhagavat Bibhu Sarvashraya Prati shloke, prati okare, nana artakoi. He said that Srimad Bhagavatam is on the same level as Krishna. As Krishna is powerful and can give shelter to all, so the Bhagavatam. And in the Bhagavat, every verse and every syllable has various meanings. So Srila Prabhupada gave the central meaning, the essential meaning. In every drop of ink in Prabhupada's books, the uh, there's a vibration going on. Sarvadhaman, Paritata, Mame, Kamshan, every, even between the ink drops, every, every atom, every electron, neutron, and whatever else they found, it's, it's all totally permeated with this. That's the, the message Srila Prabhupada is giving, which is the central message. But that, that may be understood in various ways. Therefore, Srila Prabhupada said, we should study these books and discuss from varying perspectives. But all the perspectives come to the same perspective, which is surrender to Krishna. But that may be understood in various ways. 
Of course, it's not that everyone's going to be a great pundit. Although anyone who's chanting Hare Krishna is a great pundit. Not everyone will go so deeply, but the more we do, the better. That's one way to worship Krishna. And, of course, we shouldn't think that we can understand Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita simply by intellectual application. We have to chant Hare Krishna. And that's the conclusion of all the books anyway, to chant Hare Krishna. So we should chant Hare Krishna and chant clearly, chant attentively, prayerfully, and dance in kirtan. We should dance in kirtan. That will help us. Simply by trying to apply, apply our brains, we won't understand anything. We have to serve Krishna also. So, uh, is that alright? The answer is answered. It's a great adventure. Srila Prabhupada writes about the Vedic adventure. He uses that term. Discovering Krishna. Krishna is present in the Bhagavatam. Narad Muni is present. Prabhupada writes, Narad Muni has kindly appeared in in these pages of Bhagavata, all the great acharyas are present. Hearing lectures. This is a, a, a question. Another question from Murari Prabhu. This uh, he's specifically asking as my disciple, and it applies to other disciples of mine. Uh, in Sri Rangam, I said that, I, I was in Sri Rangam at the recent festival there, I was spe- speaking specifically to my disciples. And I said that as well as hearing Srila Prabhupada, you should hear me. Because so many disciples of Srila Prabhupada, they give different, they have different uh, angles, you could say, on understanding Srila Prabhupada, what Prabhupada teaches. Prabhupada taught the same thing, people see it in different ways, and they have their different, uh, they'll instruct differently on the basis of that. Is that recently in Bangalore, one disciple of mine gave a, an example of that. It's a bit of a gross example, but as it's gross, it uh, it uh, relays the point that one guru in Iskon, disciple of Srila Prabhupada, tells his lady disciples that they should come to the temple during the period of time which. Well, she asked the question, they're not supposed to come. That's right. Uh, or traditionally, they're not supposed to come. During once a month, they don't come. You look bewildered. You don't know about this? It's too pure. There's one period in every month where ladies are considered unclean. They don't come to the temple. But he told them they can come because 
devotional service is more important than all these considerations. And I tell my lady disciples, uh, not only on this point, men and women, I tell, often on these points I tell them what your grandparents did and their parents and their parents, you follow that. Just follow the tradition. There's a reason for it. All the great devotees in the past who are women, they followed this also. They didn't think that, well, my devotional service is more important, therefore, just like Pujari may pass stool and he thinks, well, I don't have to take baths because I'll just go on the altar anyway. So, this is just an example to show that there are differences and my disciples, I'm teaching them in a certain way, so they should listen to what I say. And if you don't like it, don't become my disciple. Or if you think you made a mistake, well, you can accept someone else as your Shiksha Guru. If you're going to be my disciple, you should understand what I'm saying and follow that. Otherwise, what's the meaning of sticking a picture of the Guru on the wall, waving some incense, saying Jai Guru Dev and don't give a damn what he says. So, uh, <coughs> yeah, you should listen. Uh, Murari Prabhu's question is that, well, should we listen to other gurus also? Is that banned? No, it's not banned to listen to other gurus in Islam. That's not the meaning at all. <laughs> is there anything else you wanted to know about that? That was the point. No. Yeah. But don't make it a buffet system that you want to do something which... Uh, is not allowed. So you listen to all the different gurus. When you find one who allows it, you see, oh, you see, all the all the gurus in Iskon said that you should uh, fast on Ekadashi, but one of them said it's okay if you eat grains. So yeah, you see, he said that, and then another one said that uh, you don't have to take bath before you go on the altar because it's all bhakti. So you see, he said that you take. Little, you take whatever you want from everyone, and then you break every rule. And you have, you have. I, I, years ago in Bangladesh, I asked my godbrother who was there, "Why are you getting up at eight o'clock every morning?" He said, "Well, I, I don't sleep any more than you. You just, you but you rest in the day." See, that was, and I said, "Yeah, but we're supposed to get up by four o'clock." He said, "Well, Prabhupada said his father used to get up a little late." So you see, he had some evidence. Do you follow my point? No, you you stopped. Anyway, you missed that one. The meaning is, don't make an excuse. So he found some, what he considered a, a, a valid pramana, evidence, for rising late in the morning, even though Srila Prabhupada's clear instruction is to rise early. And uh, all spiritualists, not just in India, but all over the world, traditionally they rise early. I was, for a short time before I joined ISKCON, staying in a Catholic monastery in Ireland. Not as a monk, just as a visitor to see what they were doing. Their day started at three o'clock. They had a five-hour morning program every morning. They're vegetarians too, but by the influence of modern age, they stopped. They would be gradually becoming non-vegetarian. 
they hoped I'd join them. I would have been the first in 20 years. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, you can listen. Listen to other lectures. Take benefit wherever you can find it. It might be confusing if people, different people say different things. That's also there. But then you, you have to use your good intelligence to understand also. My understanding of my role as a guru is not just to tell you, you see, this is it, and I said it means this, and you accept it. But my role is to speak in a manner to make you understand with your own intelligence. Then you can accept it. We don't want to make robots or fanatics that I said, so you just accept. That may be there in some cases, if we don't understand. We may accept with the, with the hope of, or, or with the understanding, I don't understand, but uh, anyway I accept it, and maybe in course of time that will be revealed to me. Just like Srila Prabhupada, he once described how he was in Mayapur at Sri Chaitanya Mat, the institution of his Gurudev, the, the uh, Akaraja Mat, or the, what, what should we say, it's the leading Mat of all the Gorya Mats. So there was a, a snake was there was some commotion. A snake was crawling there, and Bhaktisdan Sarsar Thakur heard there's some commotion. He saw the snake and he said, "Kill it," which is normally done in the villages in Bengal to kill it, kill a cobra. So there are many cobras in Bengal. Uh, they didn't know what to do because they were thinking. Normally, and you see a cobra crawling among humans, you kill it. That's the normally done thing. In Mayapur, I was, I was there once during the rainy season. The place was crawling with cobras. In the rainy season, they come in the buildings. So many of them. So, uh, presumably, the devotees didn't know what to do because they're thinking, uh, devotees, we're not supposed to kill any living being. So, Prabhupada, he thought that how is it that our Guru Dev ordered a snake to be killed. It doesn't seem to be Vaishnav behavior. But he didn't ask anyone about it. He didn't ask his guru or anyone else about it. But it remained a doubt in his mind. It wasn't a doubt that he thought my guru was wrong, but he just couldn't understand it. But he explained later when he was reading through Bhagavatam, he came through the uh, verse of Prahlad Maharaj when he's speaking to Nrishimha Dev about Nrishimha having killed Hiranyakashipu. And Prahlad says, Modeta api, uh, Modeta sadurapi sarpa vrishchika hatya. Something like that. I think I got the word order mixed up. Anyway, the purport is that uh, even a sadhu is very pleased when he sees that a snake or a scorpion is killed. So then Prabhupada thought, oh really? Okay. Alright, now I understand. So like that. We may, we may just accept some things 
without understanding everything. We can't understand everything. We try to understand everything and we go crazy. We can't understand everything, every detail about everything. Some things we just have to accept. But in general we should try to understand intelligently. So, what's the next question? Who runs the material body? The super soul, is that the question? Yes. Who runs it? What do you mean, who runs it? You always say that consciousness, when the soul is there, the body functions. When the soul is there, the body functions. Yeah. Is this functioning happening because of the super soul? Ultimately, yes. Everything goes on. Mayadhakshena prakritis. Material nature or, or networks under Krishna's supervision. Krishna makes the laws of nature. So one law of nature is that when the soul is present in the body, the body functions, the hair grows, food digests, and so on. And when the soul leaves, it doesn't. So, it's because of the presence of the soul that the body functions. And ultimately, everything works under the supervision of the super soul. Is that the question? What is the layer covering the soul? Well, that's... Yeah, please ask it. Uh -huh. What is the link between the soul and the body? The link is the soul's false identification with the body. Srila Prabhupada used to quote, Deha smriti nahija shangsha bandhan kahata. A rhetorical question. That for one who does not remember the body, then where is the material bondage for such a person? Due to identification with the body, we consider it to be me. And thus we suffer and enjoy in this material existence, body after body. So then the question came, then who is experiencing pain and pleasure? Is that you do? Prabhupada sometimes used to quote that, uh, he never gave the source, Asangohiyayam Purusha, which means that the soul has no material content. But then we find, here are two words again in Bhagavad Gita, two words which come again and again and again. Sukh and Dukh. Or Sukham and Dukham. Sukh, Dukh is Hindi or some other languages. Sukham, Dukham. So we find in... Uh, Bhagavad Gita, that Krishna refers to this. So if there's 
If there's no, there must be duke. Duke is an experience. Happiness and distress. So happiness is an experience. Distress is an experience. <coughs> Matter does not experience that which is conscience, conscious can experience. So the question, who is experiencing? Ultimately it must be the soul. Cannot be, matter does not experience anything. This is, uh, this is connected with the discussion which repeatedly comes on the verse, prakriti kriyamanani gunai karmani sarvashaha ahankara vimurhatna kartaha mitimanyate. The bewildered soul under the influence of material nature thinks himself the performer of actions which are in actuality carried out by nature. So the Acharyas have commented on this in what might seem a very strange way. Krishna says, whoever thinks aham karta, karta, I am the doer, whoever thinks like that is Vimurhatma, a very big fool. But the Acharyas, they explain, actually the soul is a karta, which seems to be just the opposite of what Krishna says. Krishna says material nature is the doer. But the Acharyas explain that what the meaning of this verse is that due to ahanka, due to egoism, the vimudhatma, the big fool, thinks that he is an independent doer. He can do, he thinks I can do whatever I like. He's not an independent doer because he ha he's acting within the sphere of material nature and that material nature puts so many conditions on him and it may seem sometimes for someone everything is going right and he thinks whatever I do everything comes out well and he becomes very puffed up. He thinks, I am the doer, but he doesn't consider that he's limited and conditioned by material nature. He's not the sole doer. He couldn't do anything unless there was material nature to do anything with. And material nature may cooperate with him, you could say. So it makes him see that he's the doer. Just like, for instance, we often find that sports stars are very puffed up. Isn't it? In the Indian cricket team, some of them are puffed up. Is it? Not all of them. Some of them, from my experience, you know, it's a long time ago, you'd see some, I used to watch soccer. Some of them are very puffed up, these star players, and some of them, they're actually quite humble, even though they're a good player. So I guess in the Indian cricket team, someone's very puffed up. Is it? I don't. You, you, you don't watch it. I guess you used to. Not that long ago. So uh, they become very popular. She, <laughs> I can hit the ball and get a six more than others. But then uh, he may wake up one morning with such a pain in his arm or back that he can't even lift a bat let alone hit a six. 
I had this experience once in the winter in Vadodara, in Gujarat. Very cold. I got up in the morning and uh, I, I, in the winter I wear this uh, kurta at night. So I, you know, without thinking, I said, okay, I'll take it off, go to the back. I couldn't take it off. I couldn't move my arm at all. Just be, in the night it become totally stiff. Couldn't move it due to the cold. Couldn't do anything. I, I just, eventually I got to the bed, tried to brush my teeth with my left hand. And, and uh, I don't know what I did actually, but eventually, uh, I think I, somehow or other, I, someone helped me get it off and I bathed and I went to Mongolati. But it wasn't until later in the day that I could get normal movement. So we think, we just take it for granted. We don't even think. We don't think that now I will scratch my head. Okay, arm, move up, 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 little bit. Okay, stop. Move this way. Okay, come down, in, finger, move. Okay, do it. We don't think like that. We just go like that. We don't even think about that. We just take it for granted. We may not even be conscious of doing it. We, we, we just do it without even thinking about it. At all. But then there may come a day when you can't move your arm at all, and then you realize, oops, I thought I could just do everything by myself. I just took it for granted I could do all these things, but now I realize that I'm dependent upon the body, and the body is dependent upon. If we read Bhagavad Gita, we'll understand the body is. There are controllers. In Srimad Bhagavatam, you'll understand more. There are the demigods who control the different movements. And so the vimughatma, the big fool, is someone who thinks, I can do whatever I like, I'm independent, and that's it. But the soul ultimately is the doer, because the doer means one takes a conscious decision to act. Of course, I was giving the example of not thinking about what you're doing, but uh, just just like what someone decides, okay, I will perform pious activities, so I can go to, I will attain sukh. Or someone thinks I don't, I don't believe in all these things, so they make a decision, they make a conscious decision to act in certain ways, and they get a result, dependent upon that. So uh, consciousness, the the perception of happiness and distress, ultimately it's the soul. But then again we say the soul has no contact with material nature. The soul is satyadanandamai. Yes, but his cover, consciousness is covered. That is the point. His, his consciousness is covered by, by ahankar, or the identification of the self with the body. And therefore he identifies with the body and considers the pleasure and the pain of the material body to be real. And as far as he's concerned, it is real. And it's real enough that Krishna advises us to rise above it. It, it, it is real in one sense. But in another sense it's not real because it's only a covering of our real consciousness. Oh... So there are a whole series of questions and I think I covered them. Do you have any more? Um, yeah, there's another one. Um, 
Again, you have to, we have to chant Hare Krishna. These, it's, this is an important point to understand, but at the same time, it's a subtle point. It's very subtle to understand. So, uh, we have to chant Hare Krishna, then Krishna will give us the intelligence to understand all these things. Sukshma! Did you use it for subtle? What word did you choose? Sukshma. Bengali, Shukha. It's written the same way, but pronounced differently. So you see, again, these, you'll find these words, if you read the Sanskrit of the verses, you'll find these words again and again. So, that's why it's good to read the verses. Another point is that the, often the English doesn't properly reflect the meaning in the Sanskrit. It's not possible to, to find all the, the words. And uh, just like bhakti is translated, generally commentators translate as devotion. Srila Prabhupada translated as devotional service. But it has a much bigger uh, field of meaning than can be expressed in the English. Not that you can't become fully self-realized by reading Prabhupada's books in English. You can, certainly. Everything will be revealed. Hmm. So that's your question, or there was something else? Yes. Um, first, first question was linked between body and soul. Then there was another question about body and uh, subtle body. Uh-huh. Because once I was with some devotee back home and we were discussing and there was someone in a coma. Someone in a coma, yeah. So he was alive. <clears throat> his soul was there. He's alive but the his consciousness is practically zero. And the body didn't move. So then the body doesn't move. So the comment was made that the mind is the link between Subtle body and body. The mind is the link between the subtle body and the gross body. I'm not sure about it either. Probably needs more research. We need to make a research institute. Have you heard me say that before? How many times? There's so many. So Hotra Swami, before he suddenly passed away, he was uh, doing a lot of work in research into Vedic psychology. He wrote one book, Vedanta Psychology, which was a beginning. There was much more to do. It's very important. Actually, like I say, research is very important because uh, we're talking about... Well, he didn't call the book Vedic Psychology. He called it Vedanta Psychology. That's an important distinction because just like there are Sankhya, the followers of Sankhya philosophy and the... uh, even the Nirvisheshvadis, who also claim to be followers of Vedanta, they'll all explain these points differently. It makes a lot of difference. Buddhists and Jains, and different schools within Buddhism and Jainism, they'll also explain these things differently, using the same basic concepts. So it, it, of, someone should specialize in all these things, actually. explain these points very clearly according to 
Gauriya Siddhanta. It's important. Otherwise we end up getting merged in the impersonal Brahman if we if we if we uh, if we don't understand these points properly. And actually what happens, I've seen it several times as our devotees, they delve into these topics without a proper basic understanding. And then they read all different books and then they write something which is all Mayavad and they think it's bhakti. They don't understand themselves. So it is important to understand these things properly. You have a clue. Come and join the research institute. Yeah, what's your clue? During coma, basically the body's environment should support the mind to receive the consciousness from the soul. So when there is a drop in the hardware, the software cannot act. So that way uh, the external yeah but the soul is ultimately not dependent upon any of these things right the soul you're using the analogy of hardware and software but ultimately the soul is not dependent on any of these things although it may appear to be so conscious matter influences consciousness that we see regularly People may take different forms, different drugs. There are drugs for lifting people out of depression. There are drugs for depressing people who are hyperactive or relaxing people who are overly stressed. Drunkenness is a state of altered consciousness, very common, caused by a change in the uh, chemistry within the within the body due to ingestion of in this case uh, ethyl alcohol so matter affects consciousness consciousness also affects matter it doesn't always work but often if people feel sick you can tell them if they just think, I, I feel good, they often feel good. And often people feel sick, there's nothing wrong with them actually, just they they feel sick. They, they're hypochondriac. They, they think that they're, they're always afraid of being sick. There's another word for that also, for, for uh, psychologically induced sickness. You just think I'm sick, you're not actually sick. And there, there is, in the West it's quite common, someone goes on TV, they hold up a spoon, and they just look at it, and it bends over, just by their willpower. And there are so many experiments like this, that someone, by their willpower, they, they make a cat scream, or something like that. They induce pain in others. Tantrics do this. They, uh, well, that's a little different. They tantric cells send spirits. So matter influences consciousness, and consciousness influ- can influence matter also. So, what's what? What's going on? Ultimately, it's the soul. Matter cannot influence the consciousness of 
someone who is detached from matter. In this case of the coma, they're detached from matter, but not that they're liberated. They're very sinful, actually. The, the, uh, their, their system is temporarily shut down. Well, Prabhupada said that people are very sinful, they go into a coma. While the demigods decide what to do with them, because they're so sinful. So, Hare Krishna, any other question? Or shall we finish there? Yes, you have a question. The question is the second question on the Hare Krishna. writes in a simple language that a guru uh, is, uh, he repeats the same message as his guru has repeated. Yeah. He's, he's he considered as guru. So, uh, it looks very simple, but quite often when we see, uh, like in the case of the Prabhupada, uh, uh, so in simple language everything should be same when you know, all the gurus speak about Prabhupada. Yeah. If the same message is repeated, then why should there be any Ah, interesting question. Uh, guru means one who repeats what his guru said. Yeah, I'm just repeating it. Yeah. Paraphrasing it. Guru means one who repeats what his guru said. So why should there be differences among disciples of the same guru? Why should they teach different things? Everything should be very simple. Very interesting question. Uh, there is a verse to, in this regard which I don't remember. The, the confusion arises because of the uh, the mm, the situation of spirit within matter produces a situation which is, it can never be wholesome. It's this wholesome in this case, it means it can never be, uh, what should I say in, in Hindi? It can never be uh, samanjasa, it can never be nice. Can never be, it can never be properly harmonious. Harmonious means prayukt. The two don't sit together properly. Matter and spirit. So there are, the Shastra has one message ultimately, but it appears to have many messages. And different levels of teaching are there for people at different levels of eligibility, adhika. And confusion is often caused by people who uh, hear a message which is meant for a person of higher eligibility and they interpret it on their own level, just like Virochana. I gave that example. Actually, Brahma said that Atma means body, which is not incorrect, but it's not the only meaning, it's not the, the highest or the ultimate meaning. It's not the material, material body. So, uh, different directions are given for different people on different levels of eligibility, and one who's expert can understand all of these. And uh, again, the interaction of spirit and matter. 
just like that example, devotional service is a higher consideration than any social uh, consideration. That's true. So then why don't I say that my female disciples can come to the temple during their uh, ritu or period? Why is that, if devotional service is absolute? Because there are other considerations as long as we're in this material world. Devotional service is absolute, but we're not on the absolute platform, which is why we're in this material world. <laughs> Therefore, we have to act with consideration of this world. Shankaracharya's teachings are that this world is false and spiritual life begins with sannyas. People say, I'm a follower of Shankaracharya. You, if you actually are a follower, you have to take sannyas. Of course, he also recommended following the, for persons who are not on that level to follow other Vedic principles. But if you want to actually follow his Advaitavad with all its implications, you have to take sannyas. That's what he did. He went to different people and preached to them and uh, they were defeated by him and they took sannyas. There's nothing left else left for them to do because this world is false according to his teaching. So, uh, yeah, actually everyone should just leave this world and serve Krishna fully without any material considerations. But we are not, we can't get free of material considerations as long as we are in this world. And we say, well, uh, and there are some devotees like Vangshidas Babaji Maharaj who they had practically no contact with this world and no consideration of it. Vangshidas Babaji Maharaj probably couldn't have lived as he lived in any other country than India because people had some appreciation. In a, if he had been in England, he'd have been, if he behaved like that, just uh, not talking to anyone, going around almost naked, never bathing, he'd probably be put, uh, he'd be locked up. The British tried to do, there was one famous in, Var in Varanasi, this, uh, what was his name? Trilunga, Trilunga Swami, something like that. In the 19th century, he used to go around naked. Tailanga, Tailanga, I think that was his name, oily body. So they, they, he used to go around naked, and of course he's not the only one. There, there's these Digamba Jain sadhus. You see, even nowadays in Gujarat, you see them walking around naked. No one cares. Sadhu, Naga Babas. Anyway, the British they locked him up in prison. And then he came out, he was out. They locked him up. He came out by Yoga Shakti. <laughs> they tried a few times and then they gave up. So, yeah, but if most people, just like for instance, if you think, I'm not this body, okay, then there's no need to eat or brush my teeth. Mangshidas Babaji, he was like that. He didn't eat, hardly. Sometimes he ate. But some, most of the time he didn't eat. He never passed to, unless he'd never seen to pass to. He had no particular time for sleeping, if he slept at all. So if you try to do that, then you won't, you'll uh, collapse within a short time. Because we're not on that level of realization. 
So there are different rules for different people on different levels and uh, according to one's level of eligibility one should follow that. So the Therefore, we find also Srila Prabhupada also said different things in different to different devotees in different circumstances. And due to inability to understand which instructions are meant for which people, confusion arises. Once in Medcha, Hyderabad farm, Srila Prabhupada came in the morning and saw that Dao from the prasad the evening before it was dried up and all over the floor no one had bothered to clean at night and there was dried Dao all over in different place on the floor so Srila Prabhupada he became very angry and said why is this not cleaned up clean it up immediately and one devotee, Patitu Dharam. It could be pronounced Udharan or Udharan, but he pronounced it Udharan. Could be either one. Um, he got out a pen knife. You know what that is? A little knife this big, and it, it folds up, you open it up, and he started scraping away at it, which is ridiculous. He started scraping the dried dal. And that's ridiculous. You have to bring buckets of water and get a coconut brush and clean it like that. So Prabhupada, seeing this, he was so disgusted at the foolishness of my esteemed godbrother. I respect him. So Prabhupada, seeing this, he said, you should use it to cut your throat. Now, why don't you cut your throat with it? Referring to the knife. Now, if, if Patitu Dharan Prabhu thought, oh, my guru wants me to cut my throat, my oh, <laughs> you may say, a very good disciple, he did it. But no, that would be stupid. Prabhupada doesn't want him to cut his throat, he wants him to clean the floor properly. So, sometimes it requires some intelligence. Actually, all the time it requires some intelligence to understand all these points. So, yeah, that example I gave, one guru says that uh, women should, actually I think many, because most of our gurus are from the West. Hare Krishna, Bharat Mata Ki Jai. There's something good in the culture, actually. People coming from the West, they, they often can't understand, because it's normal in the West that women in their, those few days, they just go on with life. Whereas in Indian culture they don't. And now it's coming in Indian culture because it's urban culture. And women have to go to work and all this kind of thing. So they don't say anything. What's the difference? You know, As far as they're concerned, what's the difference? From the Shastri point of view, it's you know, unclean. What to speak of the mind is so I'm told. The, during that time, the, the mind, the husbands, they can tell. The, the mind also, they, it's ascribed to hormonal disorders. That they, so the Vedic system is, the women, they have a little hut, a little kuti. They go there, they sit there for a few days, and they have a break from all their work. They relax, and when it's over, they come out, take bath, and go on with life. But they don't go to the temple, they don't even come in the house. 
or to speak of going to the temple. So, but devotional services beyond all material considerations. Well, I, I would say that if you want to use that for justifying women come to the temple, then stop eating. Whoever says that should stop eating, because eating is also material consideration. You're not eating just because it's prasadam, you're eating to get some strength to work. Stop eating and sleeping, then say all these things. But if you're not on that level, then follow the Vedic injunction. So it's... Uh, These, discre- these discrepancies come because Srila Prabhupada may say different things in different times, places and circumstances. So the, mis- the, the philosophy can be misunderstood and applied in different ways due to various understandings. Should we play uh, all kinds of instruments in the temple? Well... We could do. People might find it more attractive. More people might come. In the very early days of ISKCON, I mean, even before ISKCON was formed, Prabhupada encouraged that. But then later he said to use only madanga and karatos, not even harmonium. He stopped no harmonium even. Very clearly, Prabhupada said in the temple. So we want to, we don't want to overemphasize music. If you emphasize music, more people may come. And then Prabhupada said, well, the point is to, to come for Hari now. So, many of these questions arise for preaching. For preaching, we may do so many things to attract people. We may play all kinds of instruments. But then, should we do it in the temple also? Prabhupada said no. Because we don't want to get too much diverted to music. Now, you could say, well, Krishna likes music. There's so many instruments we find described in Bhagavatam. So, the discussion can go this way and that way. I'm just giving this as an example. And that's why ultimately there has to be a guru to say, look, this is the line. And the line may shift also according to circumstances. In the temple, Madanga, Karata. Outside, whatever brings the public, we may say. That's how I understand Srila Prabhupada's instructions on this. Someone may say differently. Some, in some places in Iskon they have a whole orchestra in the temple room daily. Yeah, so, we'll, alright, one more question. Then we'll yeah, actually I was just giving that as an example, but uh, it's yeah. I was just giving that as an example. It's not. It wasn't. It's not the sub. It's not the actual subject matter of the discussion, but it's used as an example. Yeah. Yeah. There's a question. If someone dies in the family, again, ashoch. If someone dies in the family, what you should do? What should you do? Um, the child is born, yeah, sometimes the child is born in California, you're sitting here in Hyderabad, should you follow all these rules? Well, I quote Srila Prabhupada on this, or my godbrother, when I was in Delhi in 1977, approximately, it must have been August 1977, 
A god brother of mine was staying in the ashram, but he didn't come to any of the temple programs. I asked him, I saw it, after one or two days, I asked him, why don't you go to the temple at all? You're living in the ashram. He said, because, actually I live in Rindavan, but my uh, daughter, she just died. So Srila Prabhupada told me not to come to the temple for, I can't remember how many days. I don't know why he came to Delhi. Maybe he wanted to get away from the scene of his grief. His young daughter, who was about four years old, she took some medicines that had been thrown away and swallowed them and died. So Prabhupada told him, don't come to the temple. So I can cite that. Yeah, uh, so yeah, in other words, it seems that it, it should be followed. And that's there in the Nectar of Devotion also that says that you should follow these rules according to your caste. States that. There may be some adjustment for the modern age. That's for, again, that's, that's why gurus are required to instruct disciples on how to follow the Vedic injunctions according to the time, or the, the particular age and situation, and for the individual also. General rules are there, maybe specific for some individual. That's another reason why this Ridvika idea is such nonsense. You see. Then. Uh, it's, then you, you're just on your own. No guidance. Yeah. Oh, you say, well, a Prabhupada guided me. Yeah, but then uh, you, know, you read all of Prabhupada's books and then you, have, then you have to decide yourself. It means you actually don't have a guru. Uh, do you want to ask that the material body has the uh, and everything has a special soul also? Has the spirit soul also got legs, hands? Yes. But at the, in the material situation, that is unmanifest. That's why we find in Shastra it stated that the size of the soul, Balagra Shatabhagasya Shatadar Kalpita Sita. Yeah, you got it. You see, he knows. You're translating the Sanskrit before I No, I only said it in Sanskrit, did I? <laughs> you see, if you know the Sanskrit, what's the Hindi word for hair? Okay, so Balasya. Yeah, immediately you could understand what I was going to say. Shatabhagasya, <laughs> Kalpita. I just said it, now I forgot. So it says, if you can imagine the... Uh, the hair split a hundred times and another hundred times. Then, jiva sukshmo svarupo yam. This jiva has such a sukshma svarupa. It's easier to say in Sanskrit. If you if you say in Sanskrit, it's easy. You don't have to think how to translate that into English. It has such a subtle form. Hare Krishna. Srila Prabhupada.